Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> well, connectors, today we are going to talk about Hinge, we're going to talk about Tinder. We're going to talk about wine and dining your audience with captivating content that converts. Guys, today we're talking about marketing and how marketing is like dating. (laughs) My favorite subject of them all because of how many terrible dating stories I have. All right, let's get into it. So who the heck even are we to talk about marketing is like dating? Our philosophy is magnetic marketing. And how do we know it works? Because we have packed and sold out over 100 events. And I tell you this, we sell out every single one. We have packed out all of our launches through memberships, through masterminds. And we have built the number one community here in Texas. And it is expanding outside of Texas because we're ready for more. And we've done all of this through something we like to call magnetic marketing. So we're going to talk about a little bit of strategy, a little bit of mindset. What do you think? What do you think we should dive into first? Mm, I think we should dive into mindset. Are you here for mindset? Absolutely. I was trying to look at my computer for a second to see what was (laughs) in the notes and a video of us literally just started playing of that one time that we didn't pack out an event. (laughs) And what happened the night before? (laughs) Let's go into story time. Yeah. So it wasn't always like this. In the very beginning, we didn't just launch an event and all of a sudden 5,000 people were saying, I need to come to that. That does not how we started. Want to tell them how it actually started? Started Maybe one particular moment. Crying, (laughs) staring at the wall and muscle testing. (laughs) So back in the day, right, we used to host back to back to back to back events. Those events were a little bit more lighthearted. There wasn't as much stuff happening in them. There wasn't as much value happening. And so the moment that we switched to a value-packed event, we put a higher ticket on it. And what we realized is when you are changing prices, when you're pivoting into your price point, oftentimes you're pivoting into the caliber of client that you're serving. And so your marketing is going to need to be a little bit different. You're going to need to be speaking to different people, different pain points, different powers of where people are at in their business. And uh, we didn't know that. And so back in the day, we'll keep this story time real quick. We'll get into strategy. But we had out of pocket, right? everything for this event. We decided to go all in on media. We brought in photographers. We got a huge, beautiful photo studio for women to come in and get branding photos and get pictures and really be able to put these photos on their websites and all the things. We got food. We literally went all in goodie bags and everything. It was the goodie bags that like really made it all in. Yeah. There were some fluffy stocks in there that were comfy. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Goodwill. I mean, not goodwill. (laughs) 
<laughs> Not Goodwill, the dollar store. <laughs> Sam, we did not get Fluffy's. We didn't go that bad. Okay, we were not. We were not in that hole. But dollar store, Fluffy socks, goodie bags. You know, we did the whole forte, and then we realized the night before. It was about five p.m. We were like, let's see who's coming. Who? Let's put names on this these goodie bags. Packed. Let's go see the sign up list. There was one. One. Not one woman. Not 100. <laughs> one. <laughs> A single woman. And it's the night before. And we went through two different processes. One, we got to fix our marketing because we ain't doing something right. Like something's going bad. <laughs> and two, should we cancel this event or should we make it happen tomorrow? And the one woman that signed up, actually, when she signed up, she messaged us and was like, I am so excited for this event. Branding photos is what I need right now. I'm so excited. I canceled work. I literally got somebody to cover my shift. I found a babysitter. I'm driving an hour into this event and I'm going to be there. And we were like, shit, we're going to have to cancel this on her. And we had this moment where we were like, we are so passionate about serving this woman. She did absolutely everything she could to make this happen, to show up to this experience that we promised in our marketing. But is it worth it for us to host an event with one person there? Is it worth it for us to stay up all night and try to alter our marketing and pack this thing? And we ended up, this is the video Sam pulled up. We ended up staring at the wall. We had to get out of our, our, our way. We had to get out of out of this bubble of focusing on the problem and really look at it from a bird's eye view. And if you guys have ever heard about what muscle testing is, I'm not talking about checking your muscles and measuring them. I'm talking about muscle testing being a very woo-hoo, woo-woo thing where you are tuning into your body. You're tuning into your subconscious and trying to figure out what answer your body already knows. And so the surface of this is you pretty much clear your energy and then you ask yourself a question and the direction in which your body leans when you're standing will give you the answer that you deep down in your core know. So that could be a yes, that could be a no, that could maybe it's a maybe and you don't know which way you're leaning, but you're supposed to get deeper to that rooted answer. And man, did we muscle test it. Yeah, I didn't know what the heck was going on. She said, let's do this thing. And I was like, sure, I'll try it. And so we did the thing. And I was like, I'm trying my best, but I don't know what my body's leaning. My body's crying. (laughs) And I'm sad. And we ended up deciding to move forward with the event for that one woman. Personally, I don't know how to muscle test properly still to this day. Yeah, we didn't get our answers, guys. (laughs) However, we tune into our intuition of you know what, this person, this is who we want to serve. She took the time out of her day. She rearranged her schedule. She had kids. She had all of the reasons not to attend, but she still made it happen. So let's make it happen for her. We ended up packing that event. Not only did we have her, we went in, we stayed up all night, we marketed, we messaged people, we made it happen and we sold it out. We had 30, 40 people in there and it was, the studio was packed out. Everybody got their pictures And that event, this whole story time comes back to that event is what made us take marketing seriously. That event is what made us realize you can't just take this beautiful product that you've created, this offer, and blast it out everywhere and say, hey, come sign up for my thing. Because people, their brains don't work that way. 
When you scroll on social media, we get hit nowadays with ad after ad after ad. Somebody's selling this, somebody's selling this, somebody's selling this. And so if you throw up, hey, I have this thing, come do it. Maybe you'll get a couple people in the door, but our brains just ignore those things now because we're constantly being sold to online. We're constantly seeing ads or commercials on the TV. And so that event, that experience made us realize if we want to start hosting these intentional higher caliber events with higher price points or even higher offers, it's time for us to truly understand marketing. And that's the strategy we're about to get into today. Yeah. So on average, everyone sees about 10,000 plus ads per day on their phone. And we are so programmed to just slide right on through it because we do not want to be sold to. We are looking and craving for authenticity, real relationships, real connections online as well. That's why what's converting a lot better is instead of very, very professional media, like you with your hair up getting out of bed is going to get a ton more story views, right? So people want to know the real you. And they also don't want to be pitched to a million times in a day. So there's nothing wrong with pitching. But if you can do it right, then you have much more power. So what we learned is marketing is like dating. And I want you to think of maybe a cringe first date story that you've ever been on. That you know, I've got about a hundred. <laughs> how much time y'all have when you're chilling with someone and you already know, like, this is about to be the last time we're about to be chilling? <laughs> One of those stories where it's like, oopsies, not for me, I'm not supposed to be here right now. <laughs> I'll tell you one. So, I downloaded Hinge for the very first time. You know, I actually met my fiance on Hinge, so you know, it does create Aww. love <laughs> and we have an awesome relationship, however. We had to go, you know, through a few frogs before that. I guess we'll, I was going to say kiss a few frogs, but we didn't kiss them. <laughs> Anyways, we. <laughs> I want you to think of, personally, when I was growing up, my parents were qualified probably as very strict and very stern and very conservative. <laughs> and they didn't let me date this certain type of dude. And this certain type of dude was what I was looking at on Hinge and he was right, you know, on my screen and I was like, well, <laughs> never done this before. We're going to swipe yes. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. This is, you know, this was not allowed. I'm feeling a little rebellious. Let's start a message. Like what? Okay. So he was like tatted up, motorcycle, like I British, rock and roll, black British. hair. Like, okay. yeah. Or he was from London. He just like his photos, like they screamed like darkness. <laughs> not safety <laughs> yes okay and <laughs> i go on Quick this tip, ladies if you get butterflies it's the wrong man <laughs> your nervous system is screaming get out <laughs> so i go on this this first date luckily it was like a corner from my house so i could be safe still and i was a little nervous he gets off his motorcycle he like doesn't look me in the eye <laughs> that's when you know he's just like sup like not even looking. And I was like, I'm right here. <laughs> like trying to like push my eyes in front of him. Wasn't working. And we sit down and he was like, I was just fired from my father. And <laughs> literally goes on like a tangent about how terrible his life is right now. And he didn't even ask me like anything about myself in the first hour or ever actually. And he just went on a tangent. And I think I got like two words in and it was just very negative and very... You know, I, I wasn't enjoying myself. 
So think of a first date for yourself. Have you ever just like not enjoyed it? That was me on this one. And nothing wrong with biker guys, nothing wrong with darkness, and nothing wrong with being tatted up. But this was just not a match for me. And I'm very ambitious, hardworking, and it was like very clashing energies. I think the core piece from this story was he was not letting you get a word in. And we're about to go into marketing. Right. He was there telling you everything about himself. He just poured not only information about him, but information you don't need to know about him onto you in hopes to maybe like sell himself to you in a sense of of you wanting to have a second date, be with him long term. Yes, which also brings us to love bombing. Very opposite, right? So Is there's this a the, dating episode? There's the darking side, <laughs> and then there's the love bombing side, where both have a common denominator, right? It is dropping a ton of information without building a relationship first, without asking questions, without having rapport built out, without you give me a little, I give you a little, and that creates a connection. And that is not built with love bombing. That is not built with whatever he was doing (laughs) and i just fought with my father (laughs) i was just you know not about it so this exact analogy is exactly how people are presenting themselves online right now there are 23 million people that are selling something online and i guarantee the thought has crossed your mind where you are comparing yourself to somebody else where you feel like there's too much competition where you feel like you're not standing out And if that has ever crossed your mind, which is probably every single person listening, and if you're saying no, then you're lying. Basically, what this means is how are you going to stand out? How are you going to build a relationship? How can you actually connect and build rapport? And this is exactly why marketing is like dating. We need to magnify them in through connection and relationships. We're just going to continue to ask Sam about her dating life really quick for a second. You also met your fiance on Hinge. Correct. And I think there's a one common denominator here, right? Maybe it was love at first sight. But when you guys got together, I guarantee Luke didn't just dump his whole life on you. What did he do different? Yes. So he stood out differently, first of all, because I knew what my client avatar was. (laughs) So after it kind of got through like the, no, (laughs) I had a lot of clarity on who it was that I wanted to date. And it was this type of person with certain drive, ambition, values. And a lot of that was aligning through simply a profile. And I was like, okay, he seems like a stand-up person. And through messaging, through connecting, and through going on our first date, it was a lot of him asking questions. A lot. da is the answer. There was questions built. There was clarity on the type of person that he was. There was anticipation because I was starting to get excited to see him again because there was connection built up. He was leading with value (laughs) through certain types of dates and certain types of styles that he wanted to date like. And there was scarcity because he didn't give it all at once and say, hey, will you marry me on the first date? Will you do this? There was no love bombing, none of that because there was scarcity built up of like, you know what? I want to like, I do want to see this person again. So I want to go back on questions because I want you to take a moment when you're listening to this and just evaluate the way that you show up on social media regarding your business. Oftentimes we are in the thick of it. We're so focused on building our business and then we are so proud of what we've built that we just throw it out there. 
and we're like, boom, I have this beautiful offer. Boom, I just did da 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 blah, 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 blah. And we're telling, telling, telling. And social media is for social, right? It's for people to communicate, to talk, to have conversation. And oftentimes we are acting like good old motorcycle boy over here. And we're just telling, telling, telling versus asking questions and creating conversation around your niche, around what you're about to serve with. And then I want to kind of conclude everything that Sam hit on and then we'll go into these key points was steps to creating this content, steps to having this successful relationship. She's engaged, y'all. It was successful because he was able to, one, they had that ultimate clarity of who they were looking for within each other. So you need to have this ultimate clarity of who you're speaking to online. Who is this offer even for? Who is your business meant to serve? And then two, they built anticipation. They were building conversation. They were talking to each other, asking those questions before they just dumped their whole lives on each other and building rapport with each other over time. You need to build rapport with your client avatar, with your following, with your community over time. And then three, value. They were providing value for each other. They were showing each other how they can help each other show up as their best selves, how they can encourage each other, how they can support each other, how they can teach each other new things about life which is what you need to be doing with your client avatar. Oftentimes we have so much fear around providing too much value on social media, teaching too much, and then they won't want in on your offer. They won't want to buy your course. They won't want to buy your thing because you're just providing too much value. But when you lead with value and you help people see results before they even work with you, it's going to be an absolute no brainer for them to work with you. And then the last piece is that scarcity. Like we talked about the questions, not just throwing everything you got out there, slowly bringing people in so that you're, you you know, you can have a lifetime value of a customer. You can serve people multiple times and you're not just telling them everything you offer all at once. So to bring it all back, we've got clarity, anticipation, value, and scarcity. And we're going to dive into these marketing tactics. Yes. So let's go ahead and start with clarity. There are three different types of buyers. So why don't you tell us, Rachel, a little bit about the three types of buyers and how you need the clarity in order to sell to each of them? Yeah. So you can Google how to find my ideal client avatar online, right? If you're resourceful entrepreneurs, you can figure out who you're meant to serve by just asking yourself some questions. Chat GBT it. Chat GBT it. This is what I do. This is what who I think I serve. Help me define it, right? And Chat GBT will help you with that. But it's important to recognize you can be looking at one client avatar that's your ideal client avatar and they can be at three different points in life. And so I like to call this the three types of buyers. You might have to pause this, kind of rewind back because I'm going to say it quickly. But the first type of buyer is a person that doesn't know they have a problem and they are not actively searching for a solution. So they might be your ideal client avatar. You know you can help transform their life, but they don't know that they have a problem that is the problem you're going to solve. And they're not looking for a solution because they don't know they got that problem. The second type of person is people that know they have a problem and they're not actively searching for a solution. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we are all meant to solve problems. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're a real estate agent, you're helping people find a home. Needing a home is their problem. If you are a life coach, right, you're helping with a specific thing like imposter syndrome, a specific thing about mindset, right? Everybody has a problem and we are all here to serve and help them solve that problem. 
these people know they have that problem, but they're not ready to search for a solution. They're not looking for you. And so you have to kind of convince them. You have to paint the picture that you can solve their problem. Number three is people that know they have a problem and they are actively searching for your solution. These are the people that are that ideal client avatar that's ready. That ideal client avatar that doesn't need necessarily all the warming up, they're going to buy in because they know their problem and they know they're ready for that solution. Now, if you look at your client avatars from a broad picture, sometimes we show up online and we're only speaking to one of these people. We're speaking to people that know they have a problem, they're ready for the solution, but we're forgetting about the people that don't know they have a problem, they're not searching for the solution, and we're forgetting about the people that know they have a problem, but they don't know that there is a solution for them. And so if we're not targeting all different types of people, speaking to all different types and stages our client avatar is at, you're not going to be able to get through to your entire audience. Yeah, so that brings us into knowing that the market research behind that, knowing their love language. So does anybody know the five types of love languages? It's gifts, touch, physical touch, words, words of, of affirmation, affirmation, acts of service, acts of service, and I never remember the last one. Well, I guess that one's not us. <laughs> so anyways, there are five different types of love language. You got to know it in your partner, and then you all- watch Luke be the fifth one. <laughs> no, he's not. And then you also need to know it in your client avatar as well. So that's their, how they state their goals, how they state their problems. If you know and you can communicate better than they can using their words to formulate on your social media profile and through your websites, through your funnels, through your speaking engagements, through your podcasting, through whatever it is that you're doing. If you can talk about their pain points and their problems and their goals better than they can, they are going to feel like you know them, you understand them, and you're going to build no like, and trust faster that way. So you have to do the market research in order to get there. Okay, so that's clarity, guys. Take this episode, rewind. If you need clarity on who you're serving or how to speak to them, that is for you. Next piece we're about to dive into is anticipation. Yes. So we're going to, you know, resurface dating throughout this episode. So I want you to think about anticipation. If you've ever been in a long distance relationship or you're first dating someone and it's like your second date and you're so excited because the first one went so amazing. And so you're just like on the edge of your seat all day. What am I going to do with my nails or my hair or my outfit? Think of anticipation of even like going on a trip that you've been desiring for a long time. You've wanted to go to Hawaii for all of your life and you finally got the tickets or London. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go visit the British man (laughs) wherever it is that you've been wanting to go or when you're a kid and it's about to be Christmas. And I don't know if you've ever done those little they're like strands of paper that you like put together and it creates like this chain. And every day you break off one of those chains through the duration of when Christmas. So like a 30 day countdown, you break down a chain. And I remember being so excited when I was little, like Santa's coming and like trying to stay up all night, but then falling asleep and always missing him. So think of anticipation in your marketing as well. You know, what's important to note on this, first of all, is anticipation is 90% of your excitement. Have you ever been handed something that you weren't anticipating or wanting? The magic of that isn't there. If you're just given a car that you've never really wanted, but it's a nice car, you know, and you were just given the keys, but you didn't work for it or you didn't build up that anticipation, excitement around it, 
then it's like, oh, cool. Think about every teenager's first car, right? They crash it. They scrape it. Mm -hmm. It's dirty on the inside. In most cases, it's because they didn't buy it themselves. Their parents gave it to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they didn't value it as much as they would have if they were working hard every day to then get this beautiful new car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So exact same strategy. Think of that in your marketing. So what that could look like is showing behind the scenes where you're not telling them what it is that you're offering. You're not showing them what it is that you're selling, but you're showcasing this kind of anticipation like you've been working really hard on something. You're talking about those pain points of who this product service offer is for. You're you know, discussing different topics online through your posting and things like that. You're asking questions. You're building that rapport. You're saying who, you know, are you a morning person or a night person? And maybe you're a sleep coach and everyone who says morning and night, like you're starting to build rapport with them. So you're building that anticipation without doing a hard sale. I want to note there's hard selling and there's soft selling and both convert. Mm -hmm. And you can show the behind the scenes. You can show you working on something. You can show what it's like to work with a client without ever putting a price tag, without ever putting a link to click on. And this will still convert your audience because you're nurturing those three types of buyers. You're showing those people that know they have a problem and they're not ready to solve it yet. You're showing them that there's potential to solve. So you're still warming up your audience with anticipation. This is still going to lead to conversions. Even if people aren't buying that day, they're being nurtured through the way that you're showing up in marketing. One of the biggest mistakes that we see over and over is putting their service out there without building the anticipation first. And they get so disappointed when nobody buys it. They're like, I just launched my thing and nobody bought. Well, it's because you didn't warm up the audience first. It's because you didn't build that anticipation first. It's because you didn't get attraction to your offer first. And without that attraction, anticipation, that rapport built up, what's going to happen every single time you launch, nobody's going to show up. And that was the biggest mistake that Rachel and I learned at that first ever event was we forgot to build anticipation. We just simply launched yeah, we easily could have posted the goodie bags. We easily could have posted the venue. We easily could have shared who the photographer is and over time built anticipation without ever selling a ticket. So when we launched tickets, people bought them, but we didn't do that. Now we're going to switch into the next piece. So we've done clarity anticipation. Now we're going into value, leading with value. And this is a huge thing online because a lot of people are just trying to sell, 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 but the nurture, the value is what really converts your audience long-term. It's the long-term play. And talking about dating, for those of you that uh, are Netflixers, have you guys seen Love is Blind? Okay, it's a weird show. Quarantine got me in it, okay? I don't watch TV often, but I did watch Love is Blind. And reality TV is weird, right? There's people on there for fame. There's people on there that are just not in it for good intentions or a little odd. But the most recent Love is Blind had a couple that stood out to me and they're the Browns, right? The Browns. I think it's Brett. I forget her name. Oh my gosh. Their her last name is heart. Browns? Yeah. Okay. When they got married, his last name was Browns, whatever the Browns. I didn't, I didn't watch it too deeply, but what stuck out to me and all the memes that we saw online about it when 
Love is Blind was airing and all of the things was that that was like that core relationship that everybody was like, I dreamed of a relationship like that. The way they support each other, the way they inspire each other, the way they lift each other up is just very beautiful for people that are just meeting. And really, they put blinders on. They ignored everybody else in the circle and really were just so focused on each other. And a lot of women, I think back to when I was growing up, all my friends would be like, look at my Pinterest board of my future wedding, or this is the ideal Prince Charming that I want. And when we grew up as women, oftentimes we were looking for this perfect spouse. And the vision that we painted for ourselves was somebody that educated us, somebody that lifted us up, helped us become the best version of ourselves, taught us new ways to look at life. We were looking for somebody that inspired us, right? That was also doing big things or they were living their best lives. They were truly showing up as their true selves and had a fun outgoing and personality that made us more outgoing. And we were looking for someone that was fun to be around, not boring, right? They entertained you. They were goofy. They they pulled you out of your comfort zone. And so the core pieces of that, and that's what this couple on Love is Blind did for each other. The core pieces of that is when dating, or when building a relationship with someone, we're always looking for someone that educates us, that inspires you, and that entertains you. And so I want you to ask yourself, you can pull out your phone and just look at your last five posts. Are you educating people? Are you sharing a value? Are you inspiring people? Are you showing your journey? Sometimes it's scary to show your apartment or to show your messy house or to show your exhausted face, right? But are you inspiring people? Are you sharing this journey? And are you entertaining people? Are you showing up as your true self? Are you letting your weird shine? Or are you trying to put on this face, right? So when dating, when showing up online, you want to show up as what I call a friend tour. You don't want to be too mentory. You don't want to just be teaching, teaching, teaching and not showing any value or anything. But you also don't want to just be a friend. Because sometimes friends, they don't help us get to the next level, right? We have temporary friendships that are for one pace in life. You want to be a friend tour, which is a friend that doubles as a mentor. You want to be goofy. You want to show up as a friend to your audience. And then you also want to be that mentor in your niche that's leading them to become a better version of themselves in the next level of whatever you're serving them with. Okay, so what all of this means is we've gone through clarity, we've gone through anticipation, and we've gone through value. Now, there's one final piece that brings this all together, and that is scarcity. And scarcity sometimes is overlooked, and sometimes it is something that is actually one of the most crucial steps at the end that a lot of people don't implement. And if People think that they have access to you at all given times. What happens when there is a buying decision is sometimes they don't take action, right? So involving some form of scarcity, and you probably have seen it all over, especially in your emails, or if you get some text from, you know, like I get them from Fashion Nova, today only, 50% off, blah, 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 blah. And it makes you want to buy like 20 different types of clothes. Been there. And you probably have, you know, seen it at certain events as well. And scarcity is also very true in form of us. We have 20 spots left. But if we didn't announce that we only had 20 spots left, I guarantee there's going to be people that miss out on buying a ticket. Why? Because if they don't see that we don't have events, we don't have enough space for every single person. We only have 20 and we're going to sell out. And if we don't announce that or showcase that, then 
all of a sudden those 20 spots may not have been filled. And it's because of scarcity. People who think that they have access at any given time, they are much slower to have a buying decision. Then there's a flip side of scarcity. Scarcity can also be a type of energy. Have we ever gone to a dealership, ladies? You go to a dealership and before you've even opened your door, there's a salesman standing outside the window waving at you. He's like, hey, I'm here to help you. What kind of car do you need? And some of that is they're good salespeople, right? They're passionate about what they do. But the other piece of that is they work on a commission base only. They make big paychecks when they get paid commission. And so they're acting out of scarcity. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it feels like you are being surrounded by hyenas when you're just trying to get your car detailed, okay? It could be really uncomfortable. And we can feel that energy of them just needing to get a sale and not really caring about you and where you're at. And so depending on the stage you're in in your business, if you are at a point where you need a sale to make it by, you need a sale to pay your team, you need a sale to pay your bills, you need a sale to move the needle forward in your business, that is okay, but you don't want to show it. And sometimes when we show up online and we're like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, it shows that there's this deep need, need, need to take, to take, to make the money and you're not showing the community how passionate you are about actually serving them. And on the flip side of that, energy is a huge thing and scarcity energy is a thing. If you are showing your scarcity energy, people are going to show that scarcity energy back to you of, can I trust you? Is this a good offer for me? This seems a little scarce. I don't know if I want it. We all know that when we invest, right, when we invest in ourselves, we are telling the universe, ourselves, whatever it is, that people will invest back into us. And so if you're at this point in your business where you feel like you're kind of acting in scarcity in your marketing, I want you to ask yourself, am I being the client that I want my client to be? Am I investing in myself? Am I filling my cup? Am I learning new things? Do I have a mentor? Do I have somebody leading me? Because if you are leading other people, you also want to be led yourself. Scarcity is a huge thing. Well, that's a whole nother episode. I could go on a tangent about it. But ultimately, you want to make sure that you're showing up with ease in your content and you're not acting out of a scarce thing. So before you're posting any of these things that we just told you to post, take a moment. Take a freaking breather. Be like Miss Excel. We've told this story time and time again. But before she posts something and every single one of her posts go viral, her strategy is literally just sitting, breathing, and thinking about how she wants her audience to feel. Even if she's feeling like, I need to make a sale from this post, she's focused on, I want my audience to feel fun from this. I want my audience to feel value from this. I want my audience to laugh when they watch this. So really just take a breather before you make a post and put good and energy into everything that you post. So why is all of this so important? It's because you have something to offer. You have a product, you have a service, you have a gift, you have a talent. You have something that needs to be seen and heard by your crew and your people. And people probably have been waiting their entire lives, their entire lives to cross your path. And what it is that we want for you is for you to be able to transform them through your gifts and your talents, because there are people that are meant for you. And in order to capture their attention, what happens is there's 10,000 ads every single day that people are seeing. You need to do something different. 
And so this is exactly what we've seen work well in relationships and also in marketing. And we've used this strategy over and over to pack and sell out every single one of our events. And we want you to tap into this as well for your audience. So that way you can serve the people that your gifts are meant for. We hope that you guys got value from this episode. We hope you took notes on clarity, anticipation, value, scarcity. Maybe you took some dating notes too and you're going to show up a little bit different on Hinge and stand (laughs) out. I don't know, but it's important to remember marketing is like dating, y'all. Whether you're showing up on Hinge, you're showing up on Tinder, you're marketing on Instagram or you're on LinkedIn, it's all about relationships. Marketing is relationships. We encourage you guys to play back this episode, take notes, and most importantly, take action on something that you heard today. Create a piece of content and post it. Take action on what you've learned so you can see these results. And we'll see y'all in the next episode. Adios. Bye-bye. Booyah. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.